Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone in our service this morning. First song will be Here I Am to Worship. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me Welcome to our services today. You are our honored guests, and we invite you to worship with us often, whether in person or via live stream. Please fill out an attendance card and place it in the collection plate so we may have a record of your attendance. Times of our services are 9.30 Bible study, 10.30 Sunday morning worship, 5 p.m. Sunday evening worship, and 7 p.m. Wednesday evening Bible study. There will be a meeting for everyone who is attending CYC today after Sunday morning services in the fellowship hall. The Area Wife Youth Devo is tonight at White Bluff Church of Christ at 5 p.m. We will not be taking the bus to this Devo. There's a list in the foyer on the youth bulletin board of the food items needed at the next youth and senior supper on March the 1st. Also, Robbie and Allison Santiago have a little baby boy named Lucas Robert. He was born Thursday morning and weighed six pounds, one ounce, and was 18 and a half inches long. Also, there's a table baby shower for Story and Jose Rosales is set up in the foyer. They are expecting a precious girl. Gift cards would be appreciated from Walmart, Amazon, or Target. Please have your gifts here by March the 1st. There's a sign-up sheet for coordinators needed for our youth and senior suppers for 2023 on the youth bulletin board. There's a sign-up sheet for those willing to lead a ladies' devo this year on the bulletin board. See Shannon Garrett for more information. Also, I have a thank you note. To each of you who showered us with card money and checks, it meant so much to us both. It helped us out so much. God bless you all. God bless you all. Love, Travis and Christine Gupton. If there are no other announcements. Good morning. 
The scripture reading is coming this morning from Revelation chapter 19, verses 14 through 16. And I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Psalm 4 and prayer be number 227. 227. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. prayer list this morning, so please join me in this prayer. Loving Father, faithful Father, we approach your throne at this time with many needs uh, to call on your name on behalf of this list of these, those that so sorely need your love, your care, and your healing. Father, we pray on behalf of Robert Head, who's uh, surgery on the 22nd. We pray for um, successful results in his surgery. We pray for Mary Bell Poole, Jackie Poole's sister-in-law. Pray for her full sight recovery uh, from her stroke. Her sister, Denise Gupton, who has surgery tomorrow. Robert Dale Holt, Preston Holt. Bill Young, Larry Key, and Margie Holt. Also, we pray, Father, on behalf of uh, Story Rosales, who is in labor. We uh, ask that she successfully deliver her child and that, that their, her, their family might be blessed in that happy event. We're also acknowledging uh, Robbie and Allison's new son, Luke. 
we're so thankful that he has arrived and he will bless that family and be raised up in spirit, fear and respect for you and love for you. Be with Brenda Armstrong, Lee Smith's sister, uh, with her hand surgery uh, and her cancer surgery. Uh, we pray that you'll uh, help her. Father, we also, our hearts go out to all the 43,000 uh, victims who have died in, in the earthquakes in Syria and Turkey. Uh, we can't imagine the suffering those families are going through, and we, we, our hearts ache for them. Uh, we pray for the people in East Palestine, Ohio, who they might get their lives back together after the train derailment and uh, that their uh, that thing uh, might be corrected and, and uh, they can move on with their lives. We pray for uh, our granddaughter's uh, young male friend who was baptized at CYC last night. We pray that you bless him. Uh, we are always rejoice at the one that uh, obeys uh, your will and is baptized into your son's name. We also pray for uh, Brother Jack Birch, Meg's dad, uh, we pray that he continue to recover from uh, his uh, ailments, and we pray that you bless that family. Also, Father, we uh, pray on behalf of David Wilkins, a uh, friend of Robert and Danita Brown, uh, starting his ra radiation treatments for throat cancer, and we pray that he might be healed, Father. Uh, Father, we are aware of... Uh, the uh, bus accident uh, it, um, uh, on the highway uh, of a, a, a Christian group, and uh, we pray for those families uh, who are, have been affected by that and those who are suffering from injuries and death from that event. Uh, also, Father, we conclude our prayer uh, praying for those in, in assisted living and nursing homes who continuously need your grace, your mercy, and your goodness, and your kindness. Uh, Lord, we also pray for our congregation here at Stroudsville. We pray this day that our worship has been acceptable and will be acceptable to you. We pray that uh, for our leadership, our elders, and our deacons as they minister to us daily. We pray for Brother Tom. We pray that you give him uh, understanding and implementation of your word so that we might be drawn closer to, to you by what he says shares with us this morning. Father, we pray all things in your name, in the name of your son, Jesus, and in his name we pray this. Amen. To prepare our minds to worship, we'll sing number 170. Sing the first and last verses. 170. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior so pure and free from sin they said crucify him he It's finished. 
He gave himself to die, salvation's wondrous plan was done. I'm bewildered by the shepherds that I see rising up in our land. So I'm reading today from Zechariah and from John. This is what the Lord my God says. Pasture the flock marked for slaughter. Their buyers slaughter them and go unpunished. Those who sell them say, praise the Lord, I am rich. Their own shepherds do not spare them. For I will no longer have pity on the people of the land, declares the Lord. I will hand everyone over to his neighbor and his king. They will oppress the land, and I will not rescue them from their hands. So I pastured the flock marked for slaughter, particularly the oppressed of the flock. Then I took two staffs and called one favor and the other union, and I pastured the flock. In one month I got rid of the three shepherds. The flock detested me, and I grew weary of them. And I said, I will not be your shepherd. Let the dying die, let the perishing perish, and let those who are left eat each other's flesh. Then I took my staff called favor and broke it, revoking the covenant I had made with all the nations. It was revoked on that day, and so the afflicted of the flock who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they priced me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. Then I broke my second staff called Union, breaking the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Take again the equipment of a foolish shepherd, for I'm going to raise up for I'm going to raise up a shepherd over the land who will not care for the lost or seek the young or heal the injured or feed the healthy, but will eat the meat of the choice sheep tearing off their hooves. Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. John chapter 10 says, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us pray.
Father in heaven, thank you for your body that you gave to lead us home, to be our shepherd, to lead us to the pasture. Thank you for your word that you faithfully give so that we may discern between you and the lying shepherds who have only come to steal and to kill and destroy. In your holy name we pray, and amen. Matthew 10 says, Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his own son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the blood that you shed as an example to us, to call us home, to show us the way, to cast our sins beneath the sea and take us home with you. Thank you for these emblems that remind us the way and what you did to free us from these shepherds. Thank you for your love and the place for which you call us to, to be with you. And thank you for these emblems that we can take together. In your name we pray. Amen.
John 10 says, The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And with that confidence, we realize that things that we're given on this earth are only to reach other sheep, to honor God with everything, with the things in our pockets, with the things that we live in and drive, the things that we, our life and our breath, our eternal life <clears throat> starts now. Let's be thankful for all the resources God's, God gives us to serve others and to honor and glorify him. Father in heaven, we praise you for being kind, giving us opportunities to, to serve and to walk in the light and to do good, to show the world the way to the shepherd who loves them. The work here, the work you give us to do as we go about our day, our families and our friends and those who are suffering to everyone, thank you for giving us the tools and resources to shine brightly. And I pray you'll give us the courage and the strength to do so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. like to mark your songbooks or song of invitation after the lesson will be number 558 558 for a lesson stand and sing number 95 <clears throat> number 95 I serve a risen Savior is in the world today I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my I see his loving care, and though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing 
So good to have all of you here today. Make sure my mic's working. Well, we're wrapping up a lesson series on God's great nature. And we've gone through the seasons where we started out with a fall picture, then winter, and now springtime. And we're not focusing so much on God's nature that he created as much as we are God's attributes, his character, his personality. We've looked at several of his attributes. Today, we'll be focusing on the last one. In the beginning of each of these lessons, we start out with the Song of Moses. Just after they crossed the Red Sea, the Egyptians were destroyed. Moses writes in his song, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? That's Exodus 15, 11. I wanted to thank Glenn for his prayer earlier because I do need your prayers as I prepare and, and present this lesson. I hope it's in a, in a way that each of you can understand and use it in your life. We're going to talk about a subject that maybe is not discussed a lot today, and that is the wrath of God. Uh, some preachers, especially the old-timey preachers, would bring the hellfire brimstone, and some people enjoyed that type of preaching. You know, you made a little, make you a little uncomfortable and worried and sweat a little bit about God's wrath, and they talk about the, the fires of hell and the burning sulfur and how many will be cast down. We don't tend to focus a lot on those in modern-day preaching, but yet we focus more on God's love and His redemption, His mercy, His grace, which are all good. But to not talk about the wrath of God is doing an injustice to the Bible. And so we need to discuss, however unpleasant it may be, the wrath of God. And why is the wrath of God part of His attribute or His characteristics? You know, does God get up grumpy one day? Is He mad? Is He in a bad mood? Does He just decide to zap people indiscriminately? Well, what's this about the anger, the wrath of God? I wanted to begin today in Deuteronomy chapter 9. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites, and he's reminding them, guys, you're God's chosen. He's trying to be patient with you, but you've tested him. You've pushed his limits sometimes. You've been rebellious. You've murmured. You've complained. And oh yeah, there's the golden calf. As I come down from the mountain after receiving the Ten Commandments, what are you doing? You're partying. You make a golden calf and you say, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt. So Moses says to God's people, regarding Mount Horeb where this occurred, even at Horeb you provoked the Lord to wrath. 
And the Lord was so angry with, with you that he was ready to destroy you. The wrath of God. Does God get angry? Yes, he does. Doesn't mean that he sinned. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that we, his creation, sometimes do things that incur the wrath of God. For example, in this case, they made a golden idol and they gave that, that golden calf credit for taking them out of Egypt, for delivering them. So you may be asking, as we approach this lesson today, how can a, how can a God who is a God of love, he's pure and holy and he's good, how can he be wrathful at the same time with those he created? Isn't that a little odd that God would be a God of love? That's his actual attribute, his characteristic. God is love, but yet he's a God of wrath. And so it's hard sometimes in our mind to reconcile the wrath of God and the love of God, the mercy of God, the justice of God. So we want to try to do that today. And so if you walk away today with a little better understanding of his wrath and why it's there, we've succeeded. Now, I wish I could give credit to this next quote. I found it on the internet. I thought it was interesting. I shared it with Meg. I was down there visiting with Meg and her family this weekend as she takes care of her dad and mom. But here's the quote I want to share with you. God's wrath. It's not a reckless rage. It's not uncontrollable anger. It's not senseless fury or an unjust vengeance. The wrath of God is a precise and controlled response to the belittling of His holiness. When we take our eyes off God, we disrespect Him. When we are unholy toward Him and ignore Him and we despise Him and we choose the flesh, we choose to sin, we choose to go to the baser nature of what makes man and forget to honor God, that's when God is filled with wrath. The quote continues, Everyone who perishes under the wrath of God in eternity will not be because God lost his temper with them and mistreated them. So now what I want to do, I want to talk a little bit about the wrath of God and why that wrath is present. And it all really goes back to another attribute of God we talked about earlier. That is his righteousness, that God is perfect. He's pure and holy in him. Everything right and good is found. He asked his children to be a righteous children, to seek to do what is right. But as you know, and I know, not everyone in the world that was created honors God. Matter of fact, a lot of people, most of the people in the world are unholy. A lot of people in the world have chosen to not even acknowledge God. They thumb their nose at God and disrespect him. They use his name in a disrespectful way. So I want to focus on that for just a moment. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 1. I don't have time to go into a lot of detail, but this will be our main text today. Romans 1, Paul talks about, at least in my Bible, beginning in verse 18, the, the title is God's Wrath on Unrighteousness. God's Wrath on Unrighteousness. I'm going to read about the people who basically are unrighteous, those who have incurred God's wrath. So Paul writes to the church at Rome. I'm sure as this congregation has started in Rome, there's a lot of pagan practices and idolatry and fleshly practices and sometimes um, certain meals that took place where there was a lot of perversion and sexual performances and acts and things that happened after this pagan meal. And so here's the culture in Rome. These Christians have been called out of the world but yet they see things that incur God's wrath all around them, just as we do today. Let's start in verse 18 of Romans 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So if you're making notes today, you might want to write, God's wrath is directed at those who suppress the truth. Sound familiar in our media today? Sound familiar in, in the teaching and preaching of the gospel? There's a lot who suppress the truth. Verse 19, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. 
His invisible attributes, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. Everywhere you look, you see God. You look at the night sky and the moon, and you see the beauty of His creation. You see mountains and, and the sea and all the creatures. God is all around us. It says, in the things that have been made, we see God. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds and animals and creeping things. Sound like what happened back at Mount Horeb. Remember the golden calf? They called him God. They attributed God's power. Now, beginning in verse 24, which I'm not going to go into detail, but I encourage you to bookmark it or read it later, it shows the sexual depravity, the cravings of the flesh, the impurity that's all taking place when people are of depraved minds. And that's why God is wrath-filled. But what I do want to do is drop down to verse 29, and I want to read that with you, and it'll go into more detail. The kinds of people who draw God's wrath. Let's read it together. So this is the category of people that are being described. Paul says, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, their gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they knew, know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. When an unrighteous person who is unholy and disrespectful respectful to God sees a person sinning, they say, go, 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 keep it up. How sad. How sad that the world has turned ungodly in so many ways, those who basically draw the wrath of God. We're going to talk in a minute about some good news, but I want you to focus on the wrath for just a moment. If you've got your Bible open to Romans 1, flip over to the next chapter, Romans 2. We're going to drop down to verse 5, and this is a continuation so now he's speaking to those who are outside of God, those who are drawing his wrath. He says, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And he says to the ungodly, to those who are sinful and disrespectful of God, verse 6, he will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first and also the Greek. And then he says, but those who are obedient children, ah, there'll be glory and honor, and peace. I hope that those of you who are listening to my message today have submitted to the will of God. I'm so proud that you're here today listening to His Word. I'm so proud that today you've chosen to gather around His table. That I say thank you. Please keep coming and growing with us and being God's people. We are not perfect. Amen? <laughs> Let me say that again. I am not perfect. Amen? Oh yeah, boy, this came. All right. I am not perfect, but I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. And if I continue to submit to God, His wrath will be turned away and I will receive His love. That's what I want is God's love. So let's summarize what we've read in Romans 1 and 2 in the next slide. God's wrath is part of His just judgment against those who have hard hearts. It's against those who rebel, the wicked, those who show disregard and disrespect for God's 
holiness. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes as we go through life, we have issues with pride. We become prideful. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look at my talents. And we forget to honor God. We forget to submit ourselves to God and, and be humble. So now what I want to do is I want to take your minds for just a moment. As we look at some examples, we're going to do a real quick tour through the Bible, very quick. And we're going to look at some examples of God's wrath. So the first one is the flood in Genesis 6. The flood in Genesis 6. Now, I don't need to tell anybody, I don't think today, what happened to the flood, right? God warned people through the preaching of Noah as he, as he constructed the ark. God said the intentions, the thoughts of man are all evil all the time. Noah literally and his family were surrounded by pagans everywhere who had forgotten God. They mocked God. They laughed at God. They partied it up. They had a good time. Whatever they felt like doing, whatever entered their mind, they did. As a result of this, his wrath and his judgment came through a flood. Those who were disobedient to God, who did not listen to Noah, those who did not get on that ark, even though they had an opportunity, they were destroyed. Let's fastly, fast forward to Genesis 19. Righteous Lot, when Abraham and Lot separated, we know that Lot saw the well-watered plains of Jordan. He said, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to take my flocks. Abraham conceded. Lot went to that area. And it was very fertile, a good place to raise your crops and your livestock. However, the Bible tells us that the areas of Sodom and Gomorrah were filled with wicked people. Later, when God goes to visit Abraham, he's, he, along with the two angels that are visiting Abraham, says, shall I tell Abraham, what I'm about to do. We're going to investigate and make sure what we're hearing is correct about these cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in fact, the two angels who went to visit Lot were considered uh, people of interest by the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. They wanted to be with them in a physical way and have illicit relations with them. Perversion. That perversion exists in our society today. What did God do? He warned he warned Lot. He warned his family. He told them to flee from the wrath that was going to come as the cities were destroyed. And even today, we have the phrase Sodomite. Where does that come from? City of Sodom. Because it is evil. And so what is evil, let us call evil, church. And what is good, let us call good. But it was Sodom and Gomorrah that received the wrath of God. Very quickly, number 16, during the, the wilderness wanderings, we see a group of men who are basically Levites associated with the tribe of Levi, in particular Korah, who led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. What makes you so special? What makes you holy? Why do you deserve the attention from God? We went one on in the action, they said. We want to be holy men too. We want to have special connections with God because you, they said, don't deserve it. God, seeing the disrespect toward Moses and Aaron and the disrespect toward himself, he gives Moses instructions on how to bring these, uh, these men together under Korah's leadership and their censors, fire censors, and God's wrath descends upon Korah. Actually, the ground opens up and they're swallowed alive. Them, their tents, their households, their livestock, Korah and his men fall in the earth. Those additional men who are with Korah in the rebellion are burned by fire. The censors are used as a memorial for them to understand God's wrath was upon the rebellious who dishonored God and God's leaders. Now, in a, moment, a, moment, a few moments ago, we read Revelation 19. I'd like you to turn in your Bible to Revelation. We're going to read verse 19. This is actually the return of the Lord. Jesus told the people when he walked on the earth, I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to condemn. And he wasn't. He was there to spread the good news and to share the gospel. But yet, church, we need to understand that when the Lord comes back, when the trumpet sounds, right? When the clouds roll back like a scroll, we see 
Jesus descending. That he will be coming back in a wrathful and vengeance mode. This is not the happy Jesus, the peaceful Jesus, the kind Jesus. You see, when he comes back the second time to execute judgment upon the earth, it will be with an angelic army and he will have a sword with him. He will be coming back in a wrath mode. And so we're going to read Revelation 19, drop down to verse 14. This is what Brad read for us a few minutes ago, but it's worth noting. The armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. A beautiful picture for those who are waiting for Jesus that will raise their hands and say, Finally, Lord, finally, you've come. Take me home. But on a majority of the world, his wrath will be executed. Quickly, I want to move on to a picture and this may seem odd, but we're going to combine these concepts. God's justice, God's wrath, and His love. All three coexist, and I want to tell you where. If we can move to the next slide, you'll see a graphic of the cross. It is at the cross, when we stand at the foot of the cross and we think about what Jesus did, that we see God's justice. At the same time, God's wrath and His love. Number one, the death penalty was carried out. For the sin of Jesus? No, for me. And that's where God's justice comes in. God is a just God, and He must carry out the death penalty that I deserve. God is a God of wrath. Why? Because that death penalty was carried out. The guilt was put on the shoulders of Jesus, the pure and the innocent. He bore the sin. God carried out the death penalty on the Son. But yet at the same time, we see on the cross the love of God. Why? Because I was allowed to live. The death penalty was paid for me by Jesus. So in this one image of the cross, I want you to fix in your mind the idea of God's justice. That is, that sin was atoned for it and paid for. The wrath of God was executed son and the love because Jesus was the substitution the Bible says for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son I appreciate Stacy's message today he told us that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep and that is love I want to close today with some reading so I'm going to ask the men that are supposed to read today come down toward the front and I think Stacy has a microphone, and Noah's going to be reader number one. So we'll turn that on. Alrighty, the first reading today will come from Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The next reading will be from Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. But because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek, 
for God shows no partiality. The next verse will come from Revelation chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. And another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone, anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he shall also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day or night. These worshipers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. The next reading is Revelation chapter 21, verses 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, and sorcerers, adulterers, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation chapter 22, verses 10 through 15. He said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy, and let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to render to every man according to what he has done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right of the tree of life and enter the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the immoral persons and the murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices lying. Second Thessalonians 1, 6 through 9. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. The invitation to today is simply this. We have a lot of precious souls to save. We have people out in the world who maybe are ignorant of God's love. They don't understand that they're outside of the gospel and they need Jesus Christ. So I'm pleading with you, asking you today, reach someone who needs Jesus, who's willing to accept Jesus. Save a precious soul from God's wrath. The invitation is yours. We ask you to come while we stand and sing, and Bride's going to lead us.
each of you being here with us this morning I'd like to invite you to be back with us tonight for evening worship at five o'clock also remind everyone who's attending cyc please attend to the meeting meeting following service in the fellowship hall any other final final announcements not our closing song will be number 729 729 Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King, hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King, hallelujah. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to see the King. No more crying there. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. No more crying there. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. No more crying there. We are going to see the King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we're going to see the King. No more dying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, no more dying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, no more dying there, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. Let's close our worship in prayer. Lord, please light a fire in us. Please, Lord, light a fire in us to study our Bibles. Let our fire, light a fire in us to enjoy worship, Lord. Light a fire in us to seek and save the lost. Light a fire to grow deeper in you, Lord. Lord, we are so appreciative of this study of your nature. Lord, let us please emulate you in our lives. Let us do everything that we possibly can to think of these qualities and to actively, Lord, try to put those inside of our own lives. Lord, please let us have you in the front of our minds in everything that we do. Let us constantly dwell in your word and on your awesomeness, God. God, Lord, please just help us come together to do everything that we can to serve you and to do everything that we can to make others desire to serve you, Lord. Lord, we are so appreciative of your son who made that ultimate sacrifice so that we could even be in this auditorium today, Lord, to worship you. Lord, please forgive us for all of our sins, and it is in your son's great and glorious name, Lord, that we pray. Amen.